the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red blood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Prukop to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans, from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the CU at the Game website, and your host for the CU at the Game podcast. Welcome back to our CU at the Game NIL interview series. In this episode, we meet CU senior wide receiver Jalen Jackson. A speedster out of a highly regarded high school program in Texas, Jackson learned some of life's lessons early missing out on almost all of his junior and senior years with torn ACLs. Despite those setbacks, Jackson had offers from the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the SEC. So, who is Jalen Jackson? How is he able to overcome not one, not two, not three, but four season-ending injuries in his career to be named not only an all-conference special teams player by Pac-12 coaches, but a captain by his teammates. What was it like being a part of the recruiting class, which included LaVisca Chenault and Katie Nixon, see recruits Jackson played against in high school? And what can we take from Jackson's quote that he wished he could have had two or three more years with the current coaching staff? Let's find out. Okay, and we are back. And we're with senior wide receiver Jalen Jackson. How are you doing today? Doing well. We just uh, finished one of our uh, scrimmages for the spring. So it's been a pretty good day today. Yeah. So only one week left of spring practices with the spring showcase, I guess it is, coming up next Saturday. How was, uh, without telling us too much, because we're not supposed to know too much, how was, uh, how was the practice today? How was the scrimmage? It was pretty good. The offense did some good things. The defense did some good things, and it was a it was a pretty good scrimmage. Okay, you enjoying your your last spring scrimmage or spring practices with the with CU? Indeed, I am. Don't remind me either, man. You're showing my age there. You're showing me I'm a little old, but uh, no, I've, I've been enjoying uh, this spring. It's uh, it's been the most that I've learned about football. And then on top of that, it's been it's been a lot of guys that I haven't been playing with in the past. It's been more of, you know, younger guys and then, you know, some of the new guys that's transferred in. It's, it's been pretty good. Okay. Well, not to date you too much, but you were part of the C recruiting class of 2017. You actually committed early. April of 2016. So now we're almost back six years since you uh, committed to University of Colorado out of 
Cedar Hill, that's a suburb of Dallas or Indeed. in the Metroplex there. Indeed. What level What level is uh, Cedar Hill? So we normally fall into the uh, 6A division and then we go either division one or division two, depending on, you know, how many kids are enrolled that year. Okay. Well, part of your recruiting profile, and tell me this was a typo that they list you as 5'10", 150 pounds. <laughs> Is that true? No, that sounds about right. As I, as when I came in at CU, that sounds about exactly right. <laughs> that's yeah. a little, that's yeah. Well, speedster, but not, a, not a very big guy. So I, I will say since I've been attending CU, I put on 20 pounds. So that puts me at like 170, 170 range. So they've done a good job there of uh, bulking me up in the weight room and then just eating habits, making sure I'm getting a certain amount of meals a day and snacks in between and just, you know, being able to get that supply of food. That's, that's a big thing of, that's a big thing of gaining weight, which a lot of people don't really think about as far as they think it's just, Oh, we're just going to be in a lifting program, but it, it takes more than just lifting weights every day to, you know, pick up muscle mass and gain weight. So. Okay. Well, I think I read that you missed, all or most of your junior and your senior years in high school. What happened there? Yeah, for me, I uh, I went through uh, two ACL processes, and um, thank God I was able to bounce back and you know still get recruited by CU and many other schools. And then I was able to still play the game that we all love and love to watch. So it's been a process there, but it's it's been lovely. I've been I've been able to play just as I could as when I was a little one until now. So, Okay. Well, despite not playing since you were a sophomore, you had a whole bunch of offers. You had offers from, well, a couple other schools from Pac-12, Arizona State and Washington State, Missouri, now SEC. We always think of them as, you know, part of the Big 8 or the Big 12, but <laughs> Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Kansas, and then in-state you got Houston, SMU, a lot of Power 5 offers in there even though you weren't able to get on the field for your junior, most of your junior and senior years, what did they see out of you as a sophomore, a 150 pound sophomore that uh, was getting all these power five offers? What was, what was great about Jalen Jackson in uh, 2016? I mean, I think for me, it was just, uh, I'm on golf speed. So I had speed that, you know, not a lot of guys my age had. And then, for me, coming off my school, we just came off two state championships and and one of the places that's known for football, which is Texas. I think they was implementing all of that and then just being able to communicate with people, being able to, you know, reach out to coaches and talk and have a good relationship with them. I think I think that was pretty big going through my process. Okay. Well, at the time you committed, you converted, uh, like you say, April of your, would have been your junior year. CU hadn't had a winning season since 2007. You know, I'll think of 2016 as being the 10-win season, but you committed April before that season ever started. With all those other commitments, including some in-state schools and stuff like that, what was it about uh, CU? Had you been to Boulder before you committed, or what was it about CU that uh, attracted you to want to come to to be a buff? 
before I actually attended uh, CU or even knew about the state of Colorado, it was a guy by the name of Patrick Williams. He was a um, he, he used to be a receiver here. He came out of DeSoto and he played ball here as well. And then he, he took his skill set to the next level. And he basically he he basically informed me about CU. And then you had guys like Darian Hagan and uh, Chevarini to reach out to me. And then we just built a relationship from there. And, and and things took off, and then eventually I was able to come and visit see you for myself, and I think that was pretty much one of the the big things for me was coming to actually you know come to the state and and see it for myself about the tradition of the Colorado Buffaloes and what CU has to offer for me, and I think that was that was pretty that was pretty big for me on. Um, my commitment and um, the reason why I made my decisions was actually coming here myself and seeing the facilities that we had to work with and the things on the educational side that they had to offer for me. And then I think, you know, for those, I mean, football is football. That's that's a game that hasn't changed for a, a long time. But I think, you know, getting my education here and, and then just seeing like, the facilities that I got to train in and the place itself is it's hard to find a place like CU Boulder. So I think, I think those are some of the big factors of me and, and my reason on committing here. Okay. Well, your, your high school coach, Joey McGuire had lots of nice things to say about you. I'll just uh, let other people know what he had to say. Uh, talking about you, he is one of the most explosive players I've ever coached. He has legit track speed. But then he also talked about you as a person. He's the guy you want on your football team. When you meet him, he'll be laughing and having a great day. So uh, apparently you had a pretty good relationship with uh, with your coach in high school, and he talked about how he was as torn up about your injuries as uh, as you were. Indeed. Uh, coach McGuire, he's, he's been a, a, a character of, you know, excellence in my eyes. I've, uh, I was a – fortunate to have him for my whole high school career and he did some great things for our program and took players to the next level that you know you normally don't see in every school you having guys you know 22 plus guys 24 plus guys commit to schools that you know a lot of schools you don't get that coming out of just high school you don't get that amount of commitments for guys or schools to put children in like that at the college level and he was big about that and he he taught us discipline and work ethic and and he's a guy that, you know, he lived by the rule book. So he, he showed us a lot of character as far as a coach. And then as far as being a mentor and how to practice and how to play the game. So I, I really do praise and thank him for all the things he did for our school. Great. Well, you had a, you were part of a pretty important class, a pretty big class, one of the highest rated classes CU's had since joining the Pac-12. And you had some uh, other wide receivers in that class, LaVisca Chenault. This is before Levante Chenault. We had LaVisca Chenault, uh, Katie Nixon, Maurice Bell. Um, So you had some other talented wide receivers walking in the door as a freshman. Was it intimidating at all for you? Or you, since you had played for such a high-profile program with a bunch of other 
power five eligible players on your high school team that you uh, were ready to step up and be a part of the team right from day one? I mean, it was it was fun more than anything. But I believe that, you know, we had guys like, like you said, KD and LaVisca and Maurice Bell. And a lot of people don't know that me, KD and LaVisca played against each other in high school. We was all in the same district. We all, you know, we, we got to see each other on a daily basis. It was like, oh yeah, we, these the guys that we want to beat or, you know, we want to be like, or, you know, compete against. We wanted to have that level of competition in our room because we knew, having that level of competition will only make you better and not only you, but the man next to you better. And I feel like it honestly showed it. You know, we had some of the, some records that CU didn't have for quite a while for some reason. And we would push each other through practices, through games. And it was, it was more fun than, you know, anything being able to be next to your brother and go for the same goal and then knowing that they was going to hold up on their part as, as well as you holding up on your own. Okay. Well, uh, even though you were coming off an injury, you, you enrolled early in 2017. Was What was the thinking behind that in terms of uh, getting to see you early with the spring practices, even before your freshman year? I mean, for me, it was big for my rehab. Like I said, I was – appalled at what CU had to offer for me as far as coming out of high school. I I was a guy coming off of two ACL injuries and I wanted to get the best possible treatment that I could possibly get. And I felt like CU was one of the schools that offered it. So I think um, CU did did a wonderful job of even informing me about that. Like a lot of a lot of guys in high school don't know you could, you know, or they they found out too late that you can, you know, get yourself set up in a predicament to where you can graduate early from high school and then get to the college college level as soon as possible because it's a it's depending on where you're going, it could be a culture shock, it could be, you know, a tradition, it could be anything. So getting yourself acclimated to whatever community that you're going to be spending the next three to four years of your, of your life, I felt like it was pretty big for me to do such thing. Well, unfortunately, I mean, well, you're probably slated to be a redshirt 2017 anyway, but then what you broke your ankle in a scrimmage in fall camp of August of 2017 mm-hmm. and missed all of that year. So what was it like, you know, the football being such a big part of your life to have three straight seasons of not being able to get on the field? Was it discouraging or were you just waiting for your turn? I mean, for me, it was it was more a building of character than anything. You know, a lot of guys don't understand, like, the game could be taken away from you at any moment. And for me, I got to learn that very young. And yeah. And it it helped me. It helped mold me as a person. It helped mold my character as a, a just a human being. Of Jalen, you're more than just football, or you have so much more to offer to the world than just football. And football being one of the the most loving things that I have been doing for the past seventeen to eighteen years of my life, you could you could lose such thing, and it could be a consistent barrier for you. And it, it helped me 
fall into and believe my faith more than ever before and and just help me mold me as a, as a, a a character and human knowing that life still goes on without the game of football okay. and i think i was fortunate to learn that at a very young age at a very young age yeah well you finally got on the field in 2018 as a redshirt freshman tell us about the the arizona game six catches what was it like actually getting on the field, wearing the uniform, being in front of the crowd and being a, you know, participating in the field? I mean, it was, it was wonderful. I mean, it's, it's the college experience that we all dream about. It was, it was everything you wanted to happen. So it, it was, it was something I won't forget, but then again, you know, something that I cherish a lot as well as, you know, memory that, you have stored it as as far as long as a lifetime, as long as you can remember, you know, that's that's gonna be one of the you know big moments. And then on top of that, it was I had, you know, guys that come in my class that, you know, was already balling too. And I'm like, man, let's I'm ready to get out there and compete <laughs> and you know, showcase my talent as well. So I think that was big and as at what kept me striving to become, you know, the Jalen Jackson that I am today. Okay. Well, not only heading into 2019, now your sophomore season, you've got a new coaching staff. Um, so, you know, the head coach that recruited you, Mike McIntyre has gone. Of course, Darren Chevrini was still there as the offensive coordinator. But you also were getting on the field a lot. Now you're you're getting doing a lot of special teams work, 103 plays. You got the most improved special teams player award for the team and you had a 57 yard catch against Nebraska in the 2019 uh, game, which of course, everybody's happy to remember. What's it like being a contributor doing so much on special teams when people don't necessarily know your name as well as like you say, you know, Katie Nixon or LaVisca Chenault who were on that team and stuff like that, that you're out there 103 plays during the season. You're, making contributions, being recognized by the team, but not necessarily recognized by the, the fan base. What's it like to, you know, what's that work ethic like to actually put in all that time and not necessarily get all the recognition? I mean, for me, it's, it's the things, the things I do for, well, the things I do on the field is, is not simply and solely for the fan base and, you know, getting the hoorahs and hoorays because we all, every person that stepped foot on that field, we all have a role as a player of the team. And, and that's doing your part, you know, holding your brother accountable and holding yourself accountable. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's the same thing as being a receiver instead of an offensive lineman, you know, everybody see right. the receiver make the big touchdown pass or the quarterback make the big touchdown pass and catch. But, you know, they don't always see what the offensive line does up front, you know, to make that play go down. So for me, I mean, it's that's that's a major part of it. You know, it's I know what it means for the team and the team knows what it means for them. And then on top of that, it's just when you when you go to the next level of football, as far as the NFL, unless I mean, unless you're the Aaron Rodgers or the Brett Favre of the team, you're going to play special teams. Right. <laughs> they they only take like 44, 45 guys on the roster. They, you're going to have special teams. Everybody's going to play special teams. 
<laughs> unless you're unless you're like the first round pick or the I mean just you know being taught that at a young age which which my school I would give props to Joey McGuire and Coach Rue because that was something we prided ourselves in at Cedar Hill was you know special teams gonna be special it's gonna make a you're gonna do something in the game that changed the game whether that's momentum or you know recovering a fumble or you know anything so I feel like as I got here onto the college level, I was like, I want to make sure I play special teams. I want to, you know, I want to make that impact on the team to where you can shift momentum, you know, bring that electricity through the stadium, man. You know, some games, some games I've done such thing and then some some games, other special teams didn't done such to us. I mean, that's, that's something I don't expect, you know, a lot of fans or, you know, people outside of the you know, direct football world to just understand, but it's something that I understand and I know my coaches and teammates understand. So, and I know I'm getting held accountable to do my job on each and every snap. Yeah. Well, you did get the recognition, but still had to be something about catching a 57 yard pass against Nebraska was, uh, you remember that play? That that was, speaking of that play, uh, that, that play was, that was like one of my first big catches in in college, or probably one of my longest catches in college. And you know, I cherish that play as if it was my little baby or whatever you might say. <laughs> but people don't understand after that catch, we literally scored the next play, right? And the momentum change of you know just having that catch. As far as one play, that could have been a special teams play or any any play in the game of football, it could have been that momentum switch. So that just that goes back to, you know, my teammates holding me accountable or, you know, holding myself accountable. And and we was fortunate enough to win that ball game. And I'm thankful for, you know, being able to contribute to that. Yeah. Well, now we move on to the COVID year. And now you're on to your third coaching, your third head coach in as many years. So not only dealing with all the stuff having to do with, you know, not being able to go to class and stuff like that, not being around for practices and spring ball and stuff like that. What was it uh, like trying to adjust to a third coaching staff in three years when you didn't actually even get to uh, meet with Carl Durrell or, you know, much of the coaching staff or have much of a, way in practices before the 2020 season even started? I mean, that was, um, that was unlike any other year, I would say, you know, as far as preparation and, you know, getting, getting the team ready to play a football season. I believe, um, I mean, not only us at CU was going against this, this is worldwide. So everybody was going through this same dysfunction as far as not being able to do things and basically having to take a break at, or, you know, doing what you can only do when you're at home or whatever you had access to. And I believe, I believe CU was pretty good at, at the time, as far as letting us know as players via, you know, Zoom or via text message of, you know, what, what we could be doing to better ourselves as far as health, mental health, as far as the game of football, as far as, you know, just, Still having a relationship, not getting too far away from, you know, your teammates, and, but also having a 
of knowledge of what's going on in the world as well, as far as taking care of, you know, family problems or, you know, family issues as well. So I think CU was very responsive and, and able to inform us on this topic. So I think, I think, um, I think they did a wonderful job and, and it shows because we had, that was a, we, that season with Cardwell, we had a, we went to a bowl game that season. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it kind of shows as far as preparation that we know we was fortunate enough to be prepared. Yeah. Well, let me throw you, give you a little quiz here. Which is, which was most important to you out of the 2020 season? You were named second team, all pack 12 special teams player. So you're getting that recognition for your work on special teams. You got a touchdown. You got your first career touchdown against San Diego State. And you're also a team captain for three of the games. What stands out to you most out of those three? Is there one of those three that you're most proud of? I mean, they're all pretty great accomplishments to score in a collegiate football game, to be named a team captain, and to also get recognition from the coaches and all get an all-pack 12 team. Which one of the three stands out to you the most? I mean, I probably would say uh, being a team captain, um, being able to talk to your guys and, and have your teammates believe in you in a way that they believe and the coaching staff believe that, you know, you should be a captain of the team. So I think I think that would be one of the you know biggest accomplishments out of those three and something I cherish because that's, that's something you don't get often. It's, it's more than a hundred plus guys they get to choose from and you, your name is one of the names that they choose. So I think uh, having that impact on the Colorado Buffaloes was something that I cherish and, you know, strive to accomplish again, not just one season, but, you know, uh, multiple seasons. Yeah. Well, do you remember the the touchdown? What was the, what was the call on the, the touchdown against San Diego state? <laughs> I definitely remember the touchdown. Uh, it was a mesh call. I had a basically a little drag route, and I was supposed to get lost through the defense, and I, I definitely did. And it's it's pretty uh, funny because that was a uh, that was a game that I got to face one of my teammates from Cedar Hill that went to San Diego. You know, he's a he's a wonderful guy by the name of Kagan Williams, and. He had a spectacular game that game, and he plays running back. He played running back for them, and it was it was a it was it was a sight to see. It was it was fun to be able to get a career catch against them as far as a career touchdown, and then being able to just compete against a teammate from high school again was that was pretty big. Okay, so it looked like you were all primed for a good twenty twenty one season with all that coming off of doing all the special teams accolades, getting on the field, being a team captain. But a couple of games into last season, you were hurt again. So tell us what happened there and how you've recuperated since then. What's going on with your, with your body heading into 2022? Yeah. So basically I had, I had uh, dislocated my wrist and, you know, broke, a, I mean, shifted a, a little bone in my wrist, one of the main bones in my wrist. And I had to get surgery on that uh, after our Texas A&M game. So I, was, I missed most of that season or pretty much all of that season. And, you know, I got the, you know, have the game taken away from me again. Again, yes. 
And I was able to, you know, just sit back and analyze the game as far as an older player and having a different mindset of, you know, the, the game of football and what all goes into, you know, needing or having a winning season and how things can shift and how the, how the game can change on the drop of a dime. So I feel like, you know, getting that knowledge and that experience of the game from just, you know, going from working out every day and grinding and, you know, just basically you beating your body down to being able to step back away from the game and just see it on a different perspective and watch your team and your brothers go out there and accomplish goals that they want to accomplish, or, you know, play a game that they also love to play. Yeah. So basically, you know, missing all that time, you know, you already had your degree, graduate degree in communications, nothing, no requirements that you come back again or come back for the, the COVID senior year. Was there any thought to saying I've done my part? You know, this was a sign that uh, another year that I lost the injury. Was there a part of you that didn't want to play anymore or were you anxious to get back on the field for 2022? For me, it was more anxious to get back on the field. I felt like, you know, I had so much things that I still haven't accomplished and I wanted to prove to that I, I was I was ready to, you know, like block, let's get it going. What's what what's the rehab and what's the timeline looking like for this? I mean, I I had been through some of the, you know, having an ACL injury. I felt like that was the longest process. Mm-hmm. And then I had the risk injury and I was like, whoa, this is this is a this is a real process. <laughs> and that being just because I play receiver and you pretty much use your hand and wrist for every play when you're playing at the wideout position. So it was a process that I never thought I would have to go through. But then again, it was a process that taught me more than I knew about the game and how to how to how even to catch a ball, you know, right. what what things you use to catch a ball. And it was a it was a hard process, but it was a process that I never felt like I couldn't do. Right. It was it was more of like you said, being anxious of, you know, all right, this is another challenge that I could do, or you know, something I could just add to the resume on things that I've <laughs> done in my <laughs> things life. You overcome. Yes. So so it was it was more of that than, you know, saying, oh, man, like this game here, I don't want to play anymore. I'm I'm too beat up or anything because, guys, if you play this game, you, you play – everyone's hurt all the time. After the first game, there's nobody – nobody feel good for the rest of the season. So, it was, it was things like that. And then you also have other guys on your team that goes through their injuries like, oh, man, it, I could have something so much worse or, oh, man – it could be something, you know, much more worse than what I'm going through. Yeah. Well, one of the other challenges that you're facing this year, you've gone through three head coaches, but this is your first time playing for a different offensive coordinator that, uh, you know, Darren Cheverini that recruited you way back in 2016. Now we've got Mike Sanford. Since we as fans, obviously we're not going to talk about schemes or specific plays or anything like that, but What's it been like uh, adjusting to the Mike Sanford offense and the spring practices this year? I think Mike Sanford is is an amazing guy. He has 
he has an offensive mind that I've never seen in my life. And it's been it's been lovely learning from him and Coach Phil McGagan. And they both have taught us so much about offense that, you know, I, I felt like a freshman again, learning just, you know, the offense that they've taught us and, like, things you can do on offense and, you know, hand placement, foot placement, blocking techniques that I've never – that I never had the privilege to be informed about. And I, I give a lot of praise to them for that because who knows what the next level has to offer if they're teaching us this. And it, it was it was some things that, you know, it was mind-blowing for me. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, I wish I could have been using this, like, two or three years ago. <laughs> but I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm very thankful, you know, for – being here and I'm, I'm happy I stayed with this, this school and the education that they have put on us about football is, is more than I ever thought the game could even exist of. So I give a lot of praise to them for that. And, you know, I'm hoping I'm just soaking up so much juice every day, like a sponge. I'm like, man, I don't even, I don't even think I could learn more about that. It's, it's more, it's more. And so, and that's just getting through the time that the short time they've been here. So who knows what they, you know, have through a whole season or through a whole fall or through a whole spring. So right. I've been I've been enjoying every bit of it. Oh, good. Well, and the opportunities are there, obviously the losses of some of the the players that had catches last year through the transfer portal and things like that. So what uh, what can CU fans expect? from Jalen Jackson in the 2022 season? I mean, I, I, could, I could tell them just get their popcorn ready. I'm, I'm ready to put on a show. It's, <laughs> we have so much talent in our room. And, and you know, the, like I was saying, the, the information that we've been getting informed about football is it's amazing. So I can't wait. I can't wait to see myself what we put together, you know, as a whole team, as a whole receiver room, as – you know, we have guys that are young. We have guys that's, you know, older. And, and we're putting it all together and make one big, you know, showcase for you guys. And I can't wait to see as far as performing. And then also I can't wait for you guys to see as well. Yeah. I saw, and I'm, you know, this, on social media, you did some interviews of your teammates as they were coming off the off the field and you were asking each unit uh, who's the fastest and the slowest and got some uh, interesting responses. First of all, you know, it it showed how, how respected you are in the team that uh, you were able to joke around with dozens of other players, obviously from different units and different age groups and things like that. So obviously you have a great rapport with your, your teammates, not only for being a team captain, but just everybody seems to like this guy but to turn around on you, who's the, the fastest wide receiver? Who's the slowest wide receiver? See, now, I wasn't able to answer this question in the interview. I was able to only, you know, ask people these questions. And I'm going to be honest, one of, one of the guys that's pretty fast up there in the list did not even get his name mentioned. And it was it was pretty amazing to me that he didn't even get his name mentioned, but he he go by the name of Daniel Arias. Yes. And he's he's got mind blowing speed, but I definitely will have to choose myself every time. I, <laughs> I get to see these guys every day and I know 
you know, who got the speed and who really don't got the speed. But I was I was really amazed that, you know, nobody seemed to mention Daniel's name. He's one of our go-getters that, you know, a lot of people didn't didn't mention that day. So I don't I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the Gatorade they drink or <laughs> Daniel might have burnt them on too many TDs during spring. They, I don't know what the problem was, but Daniel's a guy that, you know, has a lot of speed to him. And okay. so it was what, pretty funny not seeing his name mentioned in that. Yeah. So what is your social, what are you, what, where are you out where people can find you um, in terms of Instagram and stuff like that? Uh, what are your titles, handles? I don't, I'm too old to even know the right uh, terminology. <laughs> So my um my uh Instagram tag is Jalen the Truth, J A Y L O N D A T R U T H. And then my Twitter handle is just Jalen Jackson number 10. So Okay. You got a thousand followers on Instagram and stuff like that. Finally, just looking back at your your class, as far as I can tell, Alex Fontenot, Jalen Sammy, Terrence Lang, Isaiah Lewis, and you are the, the holdovers from the recruiting class of 2017. Uh, what does it mean to be, you know, part with that group of those, of those guys and be an elder statesman on the team and not only a, a captain of the team, but a leader of the team, but uh, now one of the, uh, the old guys on the team. It's funny because uh, I remember as as a freshman, it was probably like, I don't know how many of us it was, probably like 20 plus guys that we all came in as you know freshmen. And our first meeting, it was like, look, see all the guys in here? By the time you leave here, it'll probably be no more than four to five of you guys. And I'm just looking around the room like, no way, we're, it's, we're, we're like a pretty good solid class. We're going to be here to the, to the end type. And then each year, I'm just looking at the numbers decrease, and I'm like, oh, man, these. And now we're here, and it's, like you said, it's like a handful of us that's left. And it's it's been um, it's been fun. I, I can see, you know, many of these guys being long lifetime friends. I know, give an example, Isaiah Lewis. He was one of the guys that I was fortunate enough to have be a roommate from the beginning until, you know, up until like a year or two ago. And he's been a guy that, you know, he taught me so much being a safety. You know, we we was grouped together. He was, I'm a wide out and he's a safety. We got to go against each other every day in practice and then come home and lay our head next to each other. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was a fun time. And it's going to be times that I'll never forget with these guys and, you know, I hope we continue to build more, you know, great memories and do wonderful things for the Buffs this coming up season. Great. Well, we wish you the best of luck. First of all, stay healthy. I want to keep you around so you can uh, get on the field and uh, keep doing what you're doing and being a you know a member of the Buff Nation. And thank you for all that you've done. Thank you so much. And thank you for giving me this opportunity once again. I um I'm glad I could share my side and, you know, give you guys a little bit more input about Jalen Jackson and the CU Buffaloes. Thanks for listening. Brad and Neil will be back with our next episode as we recap CU's spring game and take a look at the progress made during spring practices. 
and then wrap up what we've learned about the 2022 CU team heading into the summer. I will also be continuing on with the CU at the Game NIL podcast campaign, as we now have reached and passed the midway point of our 20 interview series. The interviews will continue throughout the remainder of the spring, so I hope you have subscribed to the podcast at your favorite podcast site so that you won't miss any of the new interviews. And so, until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to cuatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. Until next time, when we will again see you at the game.